This is the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a podcast for creatives, for those who are beginning to be creative or those who have built a business around their creativity. Here, we allow creatives to tell their story about how they got to where they are today, and we give some tips on how to make your creative business better than it was yesterday. Hey guys, would you like to become a supporter of the Pencils and Lipstick podcast? Well, I would love for you to be one too. I have set up Patreon for the podcast to help me continue growing. I have a wonderful editor with me now, and I would love to be able to get a little bit more support for the show as it grows bigger and bigger. I'm excited to see where this second year is going, and I thank you so much for continuing to listen to me and my guests each and every week. If you go to patreon.com forward slash pencils underscore lipstick, you can find the three different ways that you can support the show. There's lots of little goodies depending on which tier you choose. This week, I have an amazing woman, Tracy Skuse on the podcast. She calls herself the story midwife, and I had such a good time talking with her and I learned so much. Yes, we need to keep learning, even in 2021, about our creativities and where we can go further in them. There's something really exciting happening in January with Tracy as well, and we talk about it in the podcast, but you might want to press pause in just a second and get on the internet and go sign up because Tracy has put together 20 plus authors, coaches, mentors to talk about writing and it's all going to start January 18th. It is called the writing your first or next book. And Tracy put it all together herself. And it's so, 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 so awesome. It's basically a masterclass series to help keep your butt in the chair to write and revise your fiction or memoir and send it off for publication. So if 2021 is the year that you are going to write finish and publish your book, you're not going to want to miss this masterclass series. It's from January 18th to the 29th. And all you have to do is go to tracyscuse.com and right up at the top at the right hand area, it says writing summit and you just sign up there. I'll also have the link in the show notes. You can go there if you wish, but press pause, sign up for this because you're not going to want to miss it. And then come back to the show because Tracy has some great encouragement, some great pointers and a really wonderful story to tell us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast. Today, I have with me Tracy Skuse. I laugh a little bit because I got that right, right? (laughs) Hello, Tracy. How are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So Tracy is a writer. She is a teacher. And this is my favorite part. She is a story midwife. I find that title super creative and want to know how you came up with it. So let's talk a little bit about you, Tracy, where you're from, how you got into writing and your creative journey. Thanks, Kat. Yeah, I live here on Vancouver Island. So on the West Coast of Canada, where we are currently uh, experiencing our winter rains. <laughs> so we get a lot, a lot of rain here in the winter. And I started my writing journey in my mid-20s so half a lifetime ago now (laughs) 
<laughs> After my first son was born, I received a copy of Writing Down the Bones by Natalie Goldberg. Okay. Are you familiar with that I am book? Not. Yeah. So it's sort of a book that encourages writing as a practice. Okay. So lots of just sit down and write for 10 minutes using using various prompts. And so I thought I'm going to be a writer. Like it's kind of and I I had, you know, notebooks and pens and my son was was a great napper. He would sleep for like 2 hours. And so I would write during that during that time. You've just made all my of the rest of us very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there was an internet distraction and trolls at that point. But two hours, um, that's amazing. Oh, that napping. Yeah, that was great. He wasn't didn't sleep well through the night though. I can okay, tell you that. <laughs> so I did pay for it at some point. <laughs> you are forgiven and allowed into the club. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And then I had another son later, not a good napper. But oh, anyway, no. that first son I, you know, he uh or the for the first years of his life when he did nap I I really wrote I spent a lot of time uh with my notebook and, okay. and writing and then when he stopped napping I would wake up early so I filled lots of notebooks mm. I filled lots of notebooks with memory and I you know little vignettes and and images I'm really drawn to writing images and playing with verbs and all this sort of elements of that and then I thought oh my god you know and it's sort of every once in a while a poem would birth birth from me or or um like a little bit more of a a story but it was sort of after about a long time of this that I realized I wanted to write stories okay and um that there was a craft to it mm. <laughs> that there was actually you know, it was, they didn't just spontaneously emerge. And because I'd had that experience of kind of spontaneous stories that worked out pretty well and ended up published, like not many, but just that it had happened. More like short stories? Yeah, short stories and essays, Hmm. a couple of essays. So I thought that's how it happened. And then it took me a while to realize with a lot of stories that just didn't work that that in fact they it wasn't that they were not okay it was that they just hadn't been crafted yet Mm, yes I like how you say that yeah and so I kind of earnestly started attending workshops and I went to one um there's a local writers festival on a nearby island and there was a woman Juji Gardner who's a Canadian writer short story writer and she taught this workshop about point of view and I had never considered point of view much beyond like first and third and from a reader's perspective not a writer's perspective and she illuminated for me the fact that point of view was instrumental in how you told your story. It made a difference into to the way that the story would basically unfold. And uh, that was a, like a, a revelation for me. So I played with that and, you know, 
I did end up going to do my MFA because I felt I sort of learned and then plateaued and then okay. uh, wanted to know what was stalling me. And it was really the fact that I, I just needed the craft tools. I okay. had the practice, I had yeah. the discipline, but I needed the craft tools to kind of, to really make my stories come alive. Yes. Yes. I think yeah. that there's a difference between seeing the stories in our head and being that sort of storyteller. And then you need certain tools to get them onto paper in the same way, not being overbearing, not being too sort of unclear. And <laughs> like it, it, like you're saying, it's, it's difficult to get it perfectly on the paper and in a sense that the reader is going to understand where you're coming from. You're not treating them like they're stupid. That was one of my biggest, (laughs) (laughs) the first thing I remember one of the editors saying like, I know that she's in a room, (laughs) 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 but you know, you don't think of that. You really want people to understand this story that you have inside you because you're, you are a writer, you're a storyteller, but I like how you're saying you had the discipline and you needed the craft to make it a craft, to really make it uh, you an expert and an author. You know, there's a difference between being able to write at home and really bringing your book to life. Yeah, there's a definite difference writing in your notebook versus writing, wanting to send your story out into the world. And I, I like how you, you know, I, you hear this a lot. I imagine you hear it too. People say, I have a novel in me and I, it, or I, I write in my head and I think you actually aren't because it's a different activity. Once we start to get it out, we realize how many, what is, requ- you know, there's a lot required in, mm. in writing and sometimes you're lucky sometimes like I was those spontaneous, you know, stories come out, but the more you, the more you learn about the craft and and you don't need to know a lot when you start, but the more that you do learn, uh, the more tools available for you that, you know, your palette is wider in terms, your, your range is wider, what and how you can tell the story changes. And do you think that you have fewer frustrations when you are trying to get, cause I imagine like many, you know, you say you get spontaneous, maybe scenes or chapters and that, that comes to me too, but then that's not a full story is what I came to realize. Like, okay, I see this person and I enjoy, you know, this person on my head, I enjoy putting it on the paper, this scene, but that's not a, that's not a book. That's not a story. And then you hit that frustration wall of like, okay, what happens next? So do you think you going to hone your craft and getting, you know, teaching helps you not get as frustrated in hitting that wall? You're ready. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a hard that, question. <laughs> yeah, it is because I think that stories don't always reveal themselves right mm. away. So no matter how much uh, craft you have, like I, I wrote this story that's in my collection that took me four years to write. I'm not that I wrote it every day, but I couldn't figure out what needed to happen. Mm. And I, so I would return to it over four years. That's a better way of saying it until I figured out what, you know, I could see what was missing, but I didn't know necessarily how to 
mm, craft that end. like the endings are hard all right so you might hard. Not. or the through lines like sometimes I think that this is why it's great to have other readers because they ask questions that you yes and especially when you're beginning to have someone ask questions about what the emotion like the emotional line usually of the yeah. story is that's usually hard for a lot of writers to find and even so so you know as as someone who has practiced and understands that I'll ask myself those questions and I may not it may take me a while to find the answers true so like try this try this way try that way yeah. So is it less frustrating? I don't know if it's less frustrating or if it's just like more, okay, I'm going to try it another way. I'm going to enter through another portal. Well, maybe it gives you the, the knowledge that you, that there are other ways to try it. And it probably at least expands your your grace on yourself, knowing that, you know, probably having heard from other writers and other professors and everyone that this is a natural process, that you don't have to have all the answers all the time, that a story can take four years to get it right and that it's better. And so maybe it's just that just acknowledgement that helps then keep with it maybe and keep trying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like a certain amount of patience with Mm with yourself as the writer to know that you can, that it will, that it will come if, if you give it time. Yeah. I mean, sometimes not, that's not, there's no guarantee, but that there's more likely like, it's like a puzzle. Mm -hmm. Stories are like puzzles that you, you need to find the pieces and put them together. And sometimes those puzzles take a little while that they can be solved yes and sometimes they're under the couch you <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> and it takes moving to get missing <laughs> well and i i think you know we admire a lot of these classical writers just of course whenever i'm talking to people i always forget all of all of their names anyway you know you can think of jane austen c.s lewis but you can either even think of you know, more contemporary ones, J.K. Rawlings or Stephen King or people who have really written all these big books. So I think with the these writers that we really admire, they have had a relationship with either editors, especially back in the day, you know, or with other writers who really took their craft seriously to be able to hash things out, you know? And these days... I don't know who has imposed it on who, but I I feel like writers feel an urgency to get something out and not allow that time to really, oh, I don't know what this, this character is, you know, missing something, but I don't know what it is. And there's, you know, you're just expected to get your book out and then get another book out and then get another book out. And if you were a writer, you'd be able to get this. And I think that's such a, it's a detriment to, the writing craft and and it makes the author feel like oh I should know everything which is never a good place to be <laughs> or thinking that you do know everything that's even a worse place to be so I, I like how you have always been sort of open to to learning and to going and pursuing more knowledge from other people in order to get that craft going 
Yeah. And I think you're, I mean, I've felt that urgency with some of my stories, like I'll, you know, write them out. I don't know that I so much do this now, but I'd write them and then like want to get them off without letting them sit and being able to see, which is really, people tell you that and you don't want to believe it, but it really is true. Mm. (laughs) That sitting, letting your, your manuscript sit is actually one of the best tools because you come back to it with fresh eyes. But I think that, you know, I have felt that impatience Mm. um, to get on with things. But now as I, like, I've been doing this for a while and I, I get that it's a, you know, people say it's the process. We aren't just like producing beings. Like we need to think of ourselves as creative beings and Mm -hmm. that there's a relationship between the, the writing and your own, your own consciousness, your own process. So like, you're the one who will know the story better than anybody. And how much do you want it to work on you as you're working on it? So like there is a relationship between the story and the writer Mm -hmm. that I think is maybe we don't talk about it a lot or, you know, because there's, there's the, it is exciting to get a book. I got, you know, released my first book out in April, right at the beginning of the pandemic, but anyway, (laughs) but it is exciting, you know, it's a beautiful thing, but, um, it really, the, 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 it, it's the writing and how much I learned as I was writing these stories that really is invaluable to me as a human. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I think there's a difference. There are some times that a story comes really quickly in the characters just form in your head. And if you already have that writing discipline, it can, it can come quickly. Sure. But if you're really looking for the next novel or the book that really goes deep enough to keep your characters, your readers interested and it. Okay. So I'm talking about my next one where there's just something it's done, but there's something missing. And I'm grateful that I've been talking to people like you and, and Madeline Mosley and other people who just said like, it would be worth it to take a second mm-hmm. and just, reread it. it take a take a break reread it and it would be worth it to know that when you hit publish it really is as good as you could have gotten it totally which changes right as you grow as a writer but uh, you said something about keeping your writer your reader interested and there's also an element of your engagement mm-hmm. with it and interest so I wonder how much when we go into this idea of a productive mode and and believe we need to get it out as soon as possible. And I I have that too. Like there's no escaping it in this right. culture, but how much do we sacrifice our own interest in our own work, like engagement in our own work? Like I think it's interesting to go deeper that's what I always want to do is is go deeper into the stories and I ask of my students to like start to sink down below what is on like what you've initially written and Mm -hmm. see what else is there and what can rise up and become more engaging and artful 
Yes, yes. I I do. I agree with that. And I think that this day and age of content producing, we might have, and I speak for myself, we might get swayed into that or pulled into that tide of, I need to produce a lot of content, but I would like my books to at least stand the test of time a little bit that people will want to come or read them and learn something about the character, learn something about themselves or really resonate with someone, whether it's the villain or whether it's the, the, you know, the main character, the struggle that they go through. And I guess maybe that's because that's the kind of book I like, you know? And so that's the kind of writer I want to be. And so I think that unless you have really people asking you those questions, you don't automatically think like that just because you're a writer. So and what I, do you like? The- and I, th- well, I think as you're going into your story of like, it doesn't always come spontaneously, which I think most of us when we're young do, do think that, or like the first draft isn't always the, as deep as you can go as you teach your students, you know, and just because you are a writer, you're a storytelling, you can get it done. Doesn't mean that you know, it's the perfect first draft. I think we want to to say that a lot or think that it's, you know, it just needs a line edit. It just needs. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's just, yeah. Like revision. I, this is what I tell people too, is that revision is re-seeing your Mm. story. So, you know, you might have a draft, you might even have had four drafts and it's, something's not quite working. And I just want to clarify too, like Mm -hmm. content is different than writing a story, right? In this world of content, and I hear (laughs) you, there's a different, there's a difference between content and writing a a book. And uh, so we might have one draft or four drafts or, and, and we may need to like revision it. Mm. And that may be some of the deeper underlying you know, I don't think we always know what's going on in our story. So we need to, to, to get to that underlying layer. Yes. Or it may be, you know, like a point of like, and there may be that you need to change point of view. You may need to restructure it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's all sorts of ways to revise that isn't just moving a few words and sentences around. In fact, I tell my students, I I often rewrite from the beginning. Wow. Like with a blank document, because I think when we cut and paste the freshness of our, that we can't access necessarily the deeper because we think we've already got it. Yes. That's what you I know? was trying so to get we'll at. To, <laughs> yeah. So we have to trick ourselves into, that's not to say I you know, I work off a draft, but I type it new. So I, I catch myself in those places. I'm like, okay, this isn't working. I need to find out, you know, even things like which direction the light, like I haven't said anything about the light, which direction is the light coming from or whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm. it, it can, it can be like that. So I think our cut and paste is a dangerous (laughs) tool for the right, not dangerous, but it, it, it can inhibit our understanding or our of going deeper. Yeah. So yeah. you you if you if you're starting the second draft, let's say 
you would not just read it and sort of go deeper that way. You would start from another one. And what would you do? Like start with the words there or start all over because you now have the words in your head. No, I don't start with the words in my head. I would have it um, beside my computer. Okay. But, but I don't, I don't always write a story in a full draft. I'd like to actually go deeper as I go. So like I might write it and this isn't, you know, this isn't all the ways and, and I predominantly a short story writer. So I, I, I don't know how I would approach a novel I'm hoping to find out soon enough, but, (laughs) but I, I'll like say I write a a couple of pages and then I don't know where the next part of the story is going to go. I'll start at the beginning again, writing fresh. And then as I go, I'll kind of catch things and go deeper as I go. Oh, that's a really, and I've never heard of that idea before. Yeah. Because we kind of get this advice that we should just go through the first draft and yes, you know, and, and that works for a lot of people. But for me, I, I don't know what I, it's something about like, I have, I can't access the, the next part of the story until I access the deeper part of the first part of the story. If that makes sense. Yeah. I I'm going to have to think about this a lot. I did get the, the advice to always go back and read what you wrote the next, the day before. And I, Honestly, I found that very frustrating when my kids were little because that would take up half of my time. And yep. then I would find myself just editing and editing and editing and editing that part. And then not really, it, it just felt more jumbled and going through. And then I would you know, read the, the full chapter and be like, okay, I said she got out of a car and now she's on a horse. And now I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do think you have to figure out what works for you. And that, that definitely takes practice, like going through your, you know, practicing your craft, but it's interesting because as I'm thinking, I'm selfishly thinking about my third novel here as I, it's just sitting and I like, I don't really want to bring it out yet until it's full. I think I wonder what it would be like to just sort of start from page one and what, what could come out and I think the the human struggle in me is like time. <laughs> you know, totally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get your book out, you know, um, which I'm really trying to shift my mindset on here <laughs> because I'm yeah. so influenced by the 21st century, you know. I know. So, how did you, when you went through your MFA, um, were you were you thinking that you wanted to teach writing? Um, or did that just sort of happen as you're going through it and you you just people asking you questions? How did did you ever see yourself as a teacher before that? Yeah, well, I taught yoga for 20 years and um, I need, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to get out of that mm-hmm. because it was hard on my body and um, which sounds funny, but it was. And, and my real passion is writing and mm-hmm. I love talking about the craft and I wanted to work at the the local college here, but <laughs> so I did my MFA. I mean, really, I wanted I wanted to learn. That's yeah. why I did my MFA with the intention also of teaching. And so the college is mired in this, you know, seniority and yeah. all that 
kind of stuff. And it was very clear as I entered uh, into that system that it wasn't going to, it didn't, it doesn't honor a person for what they have to offer as teacher. Okay. It, it more honors seniority and how long you've been there and the guy who wouldn't retire and blah, 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 blah. And I really do love teaching. And I actually had been teaching writing through the rec centers in, in the area for a long time um, and really enjoyed it. And so I just started teaching classes in my home around my dining table and uh, and then COVID came along and I was working with uh, with a friend about how was I going to turn this into a, a way that I could teach people and not have to rely on the college, you know, mm-hmm. or any other institution. Right. And then COVID hit and I was like, oh, I'm going to bring it online. And it's been re- working really well. So um, I, yeah, I, I, I love teaching. I do love teaching. So I I wouldn't be surprised personally if the university system just ends up really changing in the next few years. I mean, a COVID was, you know, instrumental in changing a lot of things, but you know, having access to somebody who can teach you and who but who teaches on another university that you're not at or you're, you know, you're my age and you're not at university and in America, I don't want to pay the price to go and do all these other things when I just want to learn, you know, a certain craft. I wouldn't be surprised if it changes, but I love how technology has allowed us to set things up and find the people who who really want to learn. Because that must be the best thing if you're a teacher is actually having students who want to learn what you're teaching them. Well, this is the thing, like one of the, I, I substituted a creative writing class. I had started my classes at home with this, you know, group of smart, Mm -hmm. um, engaged people. I I offer, you know, I do a lot of readings in terms of getting them to read so we can discuss stories and the craft that being used in the stories. Uh, everyone was engaged with what I had, (laughs) what I had given them. And then I went to substitute a, uh, like first year creative writing class at the college and, maybe out of 20 people two had read what they were supposed to read like they were just not engaged or engaging and I thought that's so interesting like what I want to do as a teacher is work with people who are hungry for it and really excited about it and excited about engaging with not only the learning but with their own work right and interested in trying in in trying different things and um open to you know the craft and and all it has to offer yes yes and I think when you're you have to be open to reading and writing other things and you'll see that it will help your own writing you know as we were saying before not just be focused on getting out you know, seeing your book as content, but actually like the craft behind it. So you said that you're, so during quarantine, you had a book come out and you put all your teaching online. Like that must've been quite the year for you. That's a lot yeah, of work. It, and it doesn't stop there, but I won't go into that. <laughs> but it's just like, uh, yeah, it's a huge, 
lots of shifts in my world. Let's talk about your book first. Well, maybe, I don't know. So you're teaching, you go get your MFA, you're, you're, you love teaching. You're going to teach other people. You're obviously writing your novel in the middle of that. True. Or did that just, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm keep. So right now I am writing. I just actually wrote I've been writing a couple of creative nonfiction pieces um, and my writing is slowed down quite a bit. Um, but I still do engage in a regular practice of writing and I'm <clears throat> always playing with the craft. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So um, hunger moon came out and I April. might write a novel about 2020. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> we should. Anyway. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Everybody has a lot of stories about 2020. We, we, Everybody yeah. should write if, if only for therapeutic reasons, <laughs> but hunger moon, Tell, is it, is it a novel totally, or is it a collection totally. of, of short stories? It's a collection of collection of 13 short stories. I love short stories. I'm sad that people don't write short stories anymore, but I found you. So now I can read hunger. Moon. <laughs> I just love, lots I, of, I, I think lots of people do. They bring, they publish them. Yeah, there's lots of short story collections. I think when you, um, yeah, I kind of, part of I'm my mission, world, I feel, I guess. is as a writer. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a list. I'll send yes, you a list you. of great uh, short story collections to check out. But I, one of my missions is to get people to read more short stories, and especially writers. So, and and here's, here's why. Okay. One of the reasons, aside from they're great, I really, you know, the, there's nothing like a good short story but as writers we can see a variety see the range of craft in a collection of short stories or in you know in an anthology more than if we read and quicker Mm. than if we're reading novel after novel after novel I mean depending on how fast you read novels I'm not the fastest reader so you know, as writers, short stories are really great uh, tools for for reading and engaging with the text. Because another part of writing is reading, mm-hmm. and another part of reading as a writer is learning what are the writers doing to mm. to create the effect they're creating. Yes. So short stories are easier to read and reread. And there's a range of that, of, of, of voice, of technique, I guess, yes. is what you'd say. So, yeah. Yes, that's what I, I love about them. They, and I used to always get the New Yorker in yeah, college, you, you know, go. when you get the, the college discount. I mean, then I moved to Europe. But being able to see how concise and yet still so engaging a writer can be with their short stories you know, you can't just drag it out, but it can't just happen. You know, you really have to, um, you really have to be in tune with those characters and where they're going yeah. and have an actual ending that, that isn't like, oh, and they lived happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as you're saying that I'm, I'm getting all excited again to go back to short stories. It, it, it is oh, true. It is, it is a different craft. Maybe I should make a note to start doing that again. But that's probably why they they teach us in school. They start with short stories, like just to get 
the whole idea of actual writing. The story has a subject and a plot line and a climax <laughs> and an ending. <laughs> you can't miss any And they're different structures too. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because I asked on one of the Facebook groups, I was part of what's your favorite short story. And a lot of people, it was like they hadn't read short stories beyond the anthology from like the Norton anthology from high school. Yeah. And um, there's so many good short stories out there and like you said you know even if you just read the new yorker which you can access five or six short stories a month online and there's also new yorker podcasts where the 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 writer is reading Mm -hmm. their short story so you know for anyone who hasn't read a short story since the high school (laughs) since high school I'm trying to pull out some of the titles but anyway it's a long time ago for all of us (laughs) yeah yeah exactly I want to say like that post it's the casks of armadillo armadillo uh, I don't know anyway that that Edgar Allan Poe story and um they uh they really it's worth it's worth checking out recent stories and stories from the last couple of decades um one of the things and I have one down here but I always get the best American short story anthology okay every year it has different editors and or guest editors and it gives a range of of stories and they're not always awesome but sometimes they're really great and one of the things I love about them is in the back under the contributors notes is they'll actually like they'll give the bio of the writer and then the writer talks about their process mm. with, in writing the story. And so I find that actually really fascinating and helpful as, as a, as a writer. So, yeah. So I, yeah, I like that because it's, it's, um, I think writing can be a really lonely career unless you go looking for it. And to realize I I really had to shift my mindset in my, when I really came to the conclusion that I was going to take it seriously in that my process was not the process. I actually didn't know a whole lot just because I took a few classes that I needed to learn from other people. And then I had to learn I didn't need to put somebody on a pedestal or their process on a pedestal because it's n- there, there just isn't an end all for everything. No. Life will change. Your writing will change. They're not you. You're not them. And to constantly be learning and seeing and trying out the new processes or just consuming it and, you know, and thinking about, okay, could I implement that into my life? Could I not, you know? And would it help me? Is that yeah. how I am as a writer? And that's that's quite the mind shift <laughs> that you have to yeah. the mind uh, shift and mindset that as you're going and I'm taking this seriously, you know. Yeah, that there isn't a prescriptive kind of approach to the process, and even to every project that you engage mm. in, like it's going to be different from story to story or book to book. You know. True. True. Yeah. So as you're putting together this collection of short stories and bringing that out you're also putting your courses online and so people can find your courses at tracy's excuse 
Tracy.com. Okay, but Tracy, of course, is spelled T-R-A-C-I. And then S-K-U-C-E. Um, and I'll have those in the show in the show notes. So how how was it when you were shifting from teaching in person to teaching online? Was that an easy shift for you? And yeah, so it was it was easier than I thought it was going hmm. to be. I finished uh, I had started my around the dining table courses. I was teaching two of them and so finished I think the last two or three weeks online. And then I did uh I did during the the beginning of the pandemic, I did a like a reading with with those same students I did like a reading club um kind of thing like a short story reading club and that was really fun and or you know it kept our mind like there was obviously we all were experiencing a lot of anxiety and so it was kind of a a lovely way to hold space together and to discuss something other than covid and yes. and then from there I did another deep, I did a, like an Alice Monroe masterclass. We read Alice Monroe and what we could learn from Alice Monroe. And then I did the, my, my, what is becoming my signature course, which I started in September. And it's, I think I'm going to expand it to a four month intensive. Okay. Right now it's three, but um, yeah. And I'll be offering that again in, I think March and I'll be having a, a challenge for that before, or, you before. know, prior to that in my Facebook group. So, so as we're going into the new year, into 2021, and we're all hoping that it won't be as crazy, but who knows? Life, yep. <laughs> life you know, will never be the same, quite honestly. I do wonder, I, I think, you know, anecdotally, there are a lot of people who probably went through 2020 and either saw like all these bucket list things or these goals that they have that maybe they haven't really accomplished yet because they haven't cut out, carved out time for it, or they've come up with new things of like, oh, I've never thought of writing a book, but actually I kind of think I might want to do that. And so I think there's a whole new group of people who, who want to do, you know, book writing is somewhere in that sort of um, bucket list. And so as we go into the new year, um, you have something called write your first or next book as a masterclass that you're going to, that you're organizing and you're kudos to you again. Thank you for doing that. Um, and you're bringing in a lot of people. What, what brought that about and how, like, I'm just curious on your process of like, Oh, I'm just going to make a masterclass for yeah. people. Um, well, it's, it's really about reaching you know, creating community among writers and, mm. and uh, like from, from the collaborate, from the people that are involved, including yourself in the, in the panel. So, so yeah. just to be clear for everyone, there's over 24 speakers and the, the summit will run for two weeks and it's really an opportunity for people to share the, the speakers to share with uh, writers their just their experiences and their a couple of tips for how to get started or to how to revise depending on where you know where you're at, at the in the craft so I really wanted to create a vent like an online venue mm -hmm. that could reach 
writers wherever they are in the state in the in the process because okay. they'll have a couple of publishers on there as well. It's everything from how do you keep your butt in the chair to, uh, you know, how do you plot your novel to uh, taking care of yourself as a writer to, yeah, to how to nail your first sentence, that sort of thing. So there's really a, a range of expertise that's going to be available for for writers who just don't know where to start. Yes. you know, or, or, you know, maybe, and that can happen over and over again. Like it's not yes. just a beginner who doesn't know where to start. It can happen as you're, you know, you're 10 years in, you're 20 yep. years in and you go, you've got a new project idea. And so, you know, the thing about bringing other writers together to talk about various elements of the process is that it may spark in a writer some, something new that they didn't, know they had you know didn't didn't know about and and it can you know train turn a project around or really bring it to life so I wanted to just widen the widen the community uh, yeah into the community a bit more yes and I love how you say that can happen at any point because it it really can I think that writing as a craft is every project is new and different in its own living, breathing entity almost. And remembering that we don't have to be an expert every single time we open the brand new blank pages, if you handwrite. Uh, I like handwriting a little bit. Me too. <laughs> you know? um, but it, I, I like the idea of encouraging people, even if you have always written, whether it's, you know, journaling or short stories, or you have a book to kind of keep that mindset of learning from other Mm -hmm. people. Cause like you said, it might spark something that you're like, Oh, now I know exactly where I need to go and you'll be on a roll and you keep going. But I also like this idea of starting 2021 with, I think we just need a space to not think of anything else, but to really focus on the book and learning. And, you know, when you actually have that focus, everything else seems to go away. And I think that helps your creative process breathe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely. no more social media, no more politics, no more COVID just right now. We're just going to really delve into writing and can I do this? I can do this. How do I do this? And I think you, I think people will be amazed yeah. at how the possibilities will just open to them. Yeah. Especially, you know, it is a, it goes from January 18th to the 29th. So it's, it's daily interviews. And Mm. so I think when you're exposed to something in an intensive amount of time too, and of course, you know, you can, you don't have to attend all of them, but the richness of, you know, of the spectrum, but also the intensity of the time, it can really fire up your, it can really inspire you yes. right? to, to like, Oh, these, these people are doing it. Like I can do it too. And I, I think that's really important as it's really easy to kind of sink under this <laughs> despair that, you, yeah. you know, maybe you're not, you're not the writer that you thought you were, or um, when really like we've all had those feelings and just, learning that regular people are writers, that was really huge for me that 
it's regular people doing who are writing and who are writers because books sit up on our shelves and hopefully we take them off and read them but (laughs) that it it's sort of um it sort of implies that they 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 came out in this perfect way but really like it's just regular people who sat and wrote those books in the way that we have to write our book, yeah, you know, in terms of muddling through, making mistakes, trying to figure out what is it, our, what what is our story. Right. So we, so that I think is part of the summit too. Is that it? It's a space for people who may be in that sort of sunken, <laughs> sunken down yeah. space to to get buoyed back up and recognize themselves in some of the speakers and recognize that it's possible for them to that it's not uh yeah it's it's never a straightforward journey and so listening to different people and their experiences can really support your own yes yes and like you said I think people will be inspired and see that they can do it and I and I think it is true we put we sort of elevate you know, especially our favorite authors, you know, up onto that shelf, they get the the shelf at eye level. Because <laughs> you admire them so much. At least that's what I do. But always bringing it back to, you know, yeah, their first draft is not what got published. You know, they, the best writers are those who are willing to take the time and go through it and talk it out. And I'm sure they have their own mentors and their own um, community that's sort of they trust to hash it out and get it out. I don't know any writer who has done it all by themselves ever, you know, no. and made a masterpiece. So just remembering and reminding ourselves, even those of us stuck on our third novel, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it will open the doors here, I think. Yeah. Um, so people can find this conference, right? Your first or next book, it, the masterclass on January 18th through the 29th. Um, right now it's just the beginning of January. So you can go to tracyskews.com and the, the link will be in the show notes. You can sign up for that. Like you said, it's going to be 24 people telling their stories, giving tips, advice, but you can also find quite a bit on your website as well. Just your story, the five ways to unstick your story, all about you. So they can sort of get to know you through this podcast and a little bit more on your website there's also the facebook group as well called write your write your story society at least that's its current iteration it might change names again but not not until later in the year (laughs) i know i i find titles the worst because you have to put it out there in order to get things published you know what i'm talking more facebook groups and then you think oh maybe i want to change that title (laughs) yeah so you can find Tracy Skeets on Facebook. What did repeat the title? The Write Your Story Community Society. Society. Write, write, Ooh, I like yeah. that. Write Your Story Society. That makes that would make me feel like I am up in an elite group. <laughs> I know that's why I'm not sure about the name. I just I like that. it. <laughs> Feeds my ego here. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much, Tracy, for coming on. Um, I will put in the show notes. I really, really encourage people. If if it's even come up as a thought in your spirit to write even a short story, mm-hmm. 
or a novella or a long-form novel or memoir or nonfiction um, to really check out tracyskews.com and to really, really, really consider coming to the Write Your First or Next book just because it will it will teach you things that you might not have known about yourself and it will really help you realize that you can do this. I believe you can. Tracy believes that you can. I think everyone has a story to tell, whether it's a short story or a long novel. And I I think that you will be surprised at how inspired you'll be to like sit down and write. Like, I just, I really think that this is going to be the year that you could get your book done. And then of course, a month or so after that, Tracy, you said that you'll probably start your course again, your intensive course, which will help people even further. Um, and remember, like we've been talking about this whole podcast, writing doesn't have to be a lonely thing. And in fact, you can actually get better writing from yourself when you are with other people and learning from other people. Absolutely. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you agreed with me. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I'm talking for Tracy here. <laughs> yeah. uh, so thank you so much for coming on. And I highly encourage people to go check out Tracy. Okay. Thank you so much, Kat. It's been so lovely to, to connect with you. And I'm looking forward to our conversation for the summit. Yes. Thank you. Hey, you're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.